Motiversity family, it's Marcus Taylor. And I want to thank you for tuning in to the Motivation Daily Podcast by Motiversity, one of the top 50 podcasts in the world. If you enjoy listening to Motiversity and this podcast, you need to download the Mindset Daily Motivation app. On it, you'll gain access to thousands of motivational speeches, including Motiversity's and mine. And now, with the new Mindset Alarm feature, you can start each day with purpose, waking up to powerful audios like this one. You may be average, you may be ordinary, but you have the opportunity every single day to make extraordinary decisions. And what you do today will determine your future. To download Mindset, just go to MindsetApp.com or search for Mindset Daily Motivation on the Apple or Google Play Store and listen to motivational speeches while getting ready for the day. Click the link to download Mindset now and get ready to transform your life. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There are key components and key ingredients in the recipe of a student mentality. It's hard work, it's perseverance, it's learning, it's studying, it's sacrifice. A student is resilient, a student is disciplined, a student is committed, a student is consistent. A worker, a believer, someone that understands that they got to do more than less. Someone that knows what it means to push. And most of all, it's love for what you're doing or what you're learning to do. Do you have the mindset of a champion? Because most people have the will to win. You have to believe it so much that you already think it's happened. You have to walk like it's there, talk like it's there, believe it's there. Stay motivated, stay positive, stay focused. Breathe, compete, make no excuses, set goals. There is no time to be wasting and waiting for something great to happen. You are going to need discipline. Motivation will help you get started, but discipline is gonna keep you on the road to your destiny. A student is hardworking. A student is mentally tough. You gotta have the mindset of a champion if you wanna emerge victorious. You don't have to believe that this is all you are built for. You don't have to believe that this is all you are made for. For every setback, for every failure, for every mistake that you've made, it will turn you around and you will learn from it and you will grow from it. And this will take you further than you've ever gone in your life. There are gonna be times when you feel like you're losing your mind and you study for hours and you're gonna take an exam and you will not pass. A student is resilient. 
A student in discipline. A student is committed. A student is consistent, even when they don't want to be. Because the cycle of depression needs to end with you. The cycle of not enough needs to end with you. The lack and the dysfunction and the anxiety and all of these things that your family and your father and your mother have gone through. You have to keep a student mentality. I studied and I failed the exam. I studied and I failed the test. And life is an uphill war and it is filled with tests and exams in critical moments where you are going to have to dig deep inside of yourself and ask yourself why? Why did you start in the first place? And what was the emotion, the feeling, what was the science and the psychology behind the decision that you made? And nine times out of ten, I can tell you why you started. You started because you were hungry. Hunger is the feeling of discomfort or weakness caused by a lack of food coupled with a desire to eat. How hungry are you? When you feel like throwing in the towel, when you feel like surrendering everything you work for, remember why you started. Remember how you felt when you started. You were hungry. When you want to let go, when you want to surrender, when you want to stop, when you're ready to quit, when you have failed and failed again. Let me remind you what got you here. Hunger got you here. A strong desire got you here. You were desperate to break curses in your family. You were desperate to break the cycle of poverty and depression. You were desperate. Hunger got you here. Remember this. Every dream requires discipline. Every dream requires discipline. You can travel the world and study students and their behaviors and their mindsets. There is a science behind achievement. And when you study the most successful students in the world, we find that they are responsible, they are motivated, they are self-managed, they are self-aware. They have a long-lasting student mentality even after they have passed the test. Because they understand that life is a test. And in life, there are ups and there are downs. And so accept the responsibility. See yourself as primarily responsible for your outcomes and your experiences. You are going to need discipline. Motivation will help you get started. But discipline is going to keep you on the road to your destiny. You got to be self-motivated. You got to find purpose in what you do by discovering personally meaningful goals and dreams. If you're going to be a successful student, if you're going to come out on top, you've got to start managing your time. You plan and you take action in pursuit of your goals and dreams. So let me tell you something. Everybody has a dream that there is a behavior that must follow your belief system. Remember this. Behavior follows belief. If you have not been able to change your behavior to match your dream, then you need to go back and examine your belief. Because 10 times out of 10, if you can't change your behavior to match your dream, then you don't believe. When somebody believes, everything changes. The time is coming where you are going to feel like giving up. But you're going to have to remember why you started. You got to dig deep and learn how to create possibilities for yourself. When nobody gives you an opportunity, you have to turn your mess into your message. How did you get your mindset into this alter ego to be comfortable being Black Mamba? I switched my mind to something else. I switched my mode into something else, right? For me, it's the equivalent of Maximus, Desmus, Meridius, and Gladiator picking up the dirt, smelling the dirt, it's go time. You gotta put yourself in that cage. When you're in that cage, you are that character, right? So that was my mental switch. It was like an actor getting ready for a film. You gotta 
put yourself in that cage. When you're in that cage, you are that character. And then when you leave there, it's something completely different. But when I'm in that cage, bro, don't touch me, don't talk to me. Just leave me alone. The definition of work. What is the definition of work? Activity involving mental or physical effort done in order to achieve a purpose or result. Working hard is the cost of entry of winning. You know nobody on earth that's made it that didn't work hard. There's a point in time where you have to absolutely get up and stand on your own two feet and say, this is the way in which I want to leave my impact on the world. Every day trying to be better and trying to prove yourself by one or two percent. Fulfill things, set yourself a couple of tasks, do or die tasks a day, get them done. Feel better, move on to the next thing. I mean, this is work. I don't know your vision. I don't know your mission. I don't know what you want to be. I don't know who you want to be. I don't know how big you want to build. I don't want to know how big of a legacy you want to leave. I don't know your vision. I don't know your standards. I want to take calculated risk to dream and to build, to fail and to succeed. For us to set goals and not achieve them, it's on us. There has to be a burning desire inside of us to do more, be more, and become more. I heard someone once say that greatness is within you, but is dormant, is bottled up, just waiting for the moment to unleash and show the world how great you really are. Yeah, you gotta lead by example. You gotta show them. And that's what I tried to do. So think of your first week of classes as your opportunity to establish positive momentum. It was an everyday process in trying to figure out strengths and weaknesses. I, I don't want anybody to be able to say, well, he's not willing to do the work. So everything I saw, whether it was TV shows, whether it was books I read, people I talked to, everything was done to try to learn how to become better. Everything, everything. And so when you have that point of view, then literally the world becomes your library to help you to become better at your craft. Imagine if you wrote it down, you knew you were going to achieve it. Imagine if there was no procrastination in the things that we do. Imagine for a moment if you were someone who went out and executed on the things that you said you were going to do because self-commitment is something that you absolutely have written on your heart. Like what if we were the people who absolutely operated on the words that we told ourselves? You know, you want to be a little bit better in some way tomorrow than you are today, but it's not going to be in a linear path. Again, these go through cycles of stress and recovery. If you're doing your best, if you're really laying it out there, there's nothing, nothing more you can do. I'm just, I'm doing my best and there's nothing, nothing more than that. You don't have to be perfect to be remarkable. You know, aim high, but manage my expectations of, of success. The, people see the 30%. They don't see the 70% of not making it or not getting what you want. And the interesting thing is that when you are honorable to achievement, the wealth and that kind of thing comes automatically. My story is all about agility and being able to be flexible. The five-year, 10-year plan that most CEOs ask my plan has always been kind of unhinged. It's just like I go where my passion leads me and, and I feel free. Performance mattered, not fame, not money. How well did you do at something is what mattered. I've got to get through it. I've got to take a snapshot of the really great moments and carry those with me through the really bad ones. And the trick is taking your blinders off and remembering to look at those photos. And it changes the brain, changes the wiring. And I try to breathe. Breathing changes the wiring. But it's conscious. You have to just slow down. You have to cut out all the noise. You have to respect yourself. Young fans with a tattoo of Danny Zuko or, or Vincent Vega on their arm and you and you say this somewhere I made a difference in their life where they were was someone glad that you were alive were you valuable to someone
by being here. And you, you want to be valuable, you know, otherwise you're kind of wasting your time uh, if, if you don't find your niche to be valuable to something. You have to be grateful for what, what you can get, plain and simple. Like, be grateful for what you have because that's, a, like, we're lucky to even be here. I think it's that feeling to be just lucky to be on the stage playing in front of people, lucky to be sitting with you and talking about this. It's just important for people to understand that complaining has no value. And if you complain about not having enough money, work more. If you complain about not having work-life balance, spend more time on vacationing in your family. It's super simple. Let your actions dictate instead of sitting there and feeling like you're not in control. Poor people say, I can't afford it, I can't do that, I don't have time. It's an escape, you know what I mean? It's easy to say, I can't afford it. Oh, I'm too tired. Oh, I can't go to the gym. You know, when you, when you could go to the gym, but no, I can't. The truth is, I'm just too lazy to go to the gym. My first shows, I was playing for five people. Like, some of them didn't even want to be there, honestly. <laughs> but I pretended like it was like, like a big deal. When I started DJing, I was playing I remember when like five people would be like, yeah, and there was like, everyone else just doesn't give a shit. I'm like, those are my five people. I focus on them. And after I talk to them, hang out with them. I used to do that at every show when I was in a band. We would tour across the United States and we would drive like 10 hours and we would we show up, I remember in like uh, Albuquerque or something, and there was 12 people that showed up. And after the show, I like hung out with all of them. And one of the guys let us stay in their, in their house because we were sleeping in our van the whole time. Man, I was excited after the whole tour. I was like, when are we going to go back again? And it's like, you know, you have to start in that mindset. It's like you can't, that's the problem with social media right now is that you're comparing yourself to people that have like this large success and you're like, I want to play there. But you first have to go with what you have in front of you and make that meaningful. You can't forget that life is an art. That's why Oprah and I connected immediately because, you know, we did a whole episode one time on enlightening people that didn't have money on how they can live art. art. I said, very easy. I said, can the average fellow go to Walmart and afford a, let's take a tray? Yes, it might be $3. Can you afford a cup instead of a paper cup? Might be a dollar, fine. Now, can you put your favorite coffee in that cup? Can you, can you go to a market or something and get a nice blueberry muffin? Can you make that look pretty, put a flower on that tray? Now can you go give it to your husband or your wife? They'll think they're at the Four Seasons and you have minimal money. It's how you approach shit. You know, it's, it's the art of life. Someone wants wealth or they want, want fame. It, it's harder for that to happen because it's not based on anything that has a, a bean exchange to it. You know, I always say, if you want to be uh, wealthy on, on just money, uh, get into the money business, uh, investments, uh, banking, you know. Uh, but if you're in the arts, I would do it for art's sake first, and then uh, hopefully others will follow, but not make it a prerequisite, but just keep doing the right thing and the good thing, it'll happen. As human beings, we need to understand that everything that we do is governed by our view of the future. But not just tomorrow, not just next week, the future that you can create in six months, six years, or 60 years. Because everything we do as human beings is governed by this view of the future that we see. But most people don't see a future beyond today, tomorrow, next week. And most people are just getting on with being average. Most people are just getting on with being like everybody else. This is your wake-up call to just get on with doing what you know that you could do. That if you did every single day, all of a sudden, you would completely reinvent yourself. You would apply the most powerful law on the universe, the law of compounding. So who is the person that you could become? Are you just getting on with ruminating, going over and over things inside your mind and never taking the action to really break through? Are you just getting on with being distracted? Letting your impulses get the better of you. Take this as a wake-up call. You see, the word distraction came, comes from the same 
Latin root word, trahira, which means distraction or traction. And in life, it's really important to wake up to the reality that you're either moving forwards to something you want or you're moving away from something you don't want. Right here, right now, what do you have the opportunity to just get on with? So if you want to change, let's start by looking at what are you just getting on with? Let's look at your personal truth. This is the reality of the experience of being you. It's what you're saying to yourself and what you're doing when no one is around. But it's also what you're really doing, what you're really intently focusing on. It's where you're being intentional. But look, here's a warning. (laughs) Don't judge, don't blame, don't criticize when you put the spotlight on yourself. Because when you put the spotlight on yourself, you're going to see where you're putting your energy. You're going to see your insecurities. You're going to see your imperfections. I know that the biggest challenge that we all have is learning how to think greater than we feel. You see, most people right now, they are stopping themselves from making breakthroughs. So the time has come for you to realize that the breakthroughs come by doing the things that are difficult and challenging and that you don't feel like doing. But if you want something enough, if you really want to become your future self, then surely you've got to understand right here, right now, that how you feel really isn't that important. You see, your power is in your ability to connect to your future self and behave in the way where you bring your future self to the life you can create every single day. So stop putting your life on hold and ask yourself, what can I just get on with? And every time you're stuck, listen to this again and ask yourself, what can I just get on with? What can I do right now that if I did it in this moment, everything would change? When you're feeling stuck, when you're feeling confused, when you're feeling like, I don't know what to do, just ask yourself, what can I just get on with? Because your ability to just get on with just getting on is where you will unleash the power that you have. Human beings are works in progress who mistakenly think that they're finished. We think that who we are is who we're always gonna be. You can reinvent yourself. A great life, it doesn't happen by chance. It happens by design. And the best way to design that life right here, right now, is to just get on with it. Say it with me. Just get on with it. And in this moment, what will you do that will transform your life today? Just get on with it. Well, the moment you make a decision and you come out of your resting state and you begin to say, I don't care what's going on in my life environment. I don't care what people think environment. I don't care how I feel body. I don't care how long it takes time. I'm going to do this. And the hair on the back of your neck stands up. That's a new electrochemical signal to the body. This is the body saying he's serious this time. It's like jumping on a horse and wrapping your legs around and giving it a kick. The body's like, Ooh, we're going to ride now. It's no longer, oh, geez, I think I'm going to change tomorrow. This is a a strong signal. And that becomes a long-term memory. That moment defines the person. So then the stronger the emotion, if if the emotion of inspiration is greater than the emotion of suffering from the past experience, the stronger the emotion they feel, the more they pay attention to the picture in their mind. It's, and, and make it so simple right. that it's not about making it complicated. What it's about is eliminating everything else that's not part of the formula. So stop wondering why it hasn't happened. Start, a, stop analyzing and judging yourself. Stop saying, I can't, it's too hard. Those are the very things that are standing in the way between you and your future. So you come up against yourself. Well, what do most people do when they come up against themselves at home in their meditation? They say, I can't meditate. They get up, they get on their cell phone, they quit. They get up, they turn the TV on, they get up, they do whatever, have a cup of coffee, whatever. The mind-body connection is is mind down to body. 
and many people feel, you know, body back up to mind, and that's where meditation and, and, and meditative breathing come in. But those connections are real. You see examples around you. If your frontal lobe can only help you 5% and somebody else is all dialed in and helps them 50%, it doesn't matter. That's your best. And that's an avenue available to you. But it's not a, it's not a simple one. It's not a quick fix. It's not going to be a bullet. It actually takes work. You mentioned repetition. It takes work. It takes effort. Uh, and there is no shortcut to it. But it's a glacial change that can happen over a few months to a few years. And I think once, you know, like people go to the gym, they can't not go to the gym anymore. I think people who find these rituals and habits that make them feel better, they become addictive to that. The only way that change is going to take place is if you, you see the evidence of the collapse right in front of you. I think the challenge is, is that people have to wake up. And the question is how uncomfortable do you have to become before you make up your mind to change something? And I'm not just talking about individuals, I'm talking about the living organism of the species of human beings. And so with information comes knowledge. And when you learn new information, you become aware of what you were unaware of. And some person or some condition in your environment is controlling the way you're feeling and the way you're thinking. Well, if, you're de if something is outside of you is controlling the way you feel and the way you think, you're a victim to your environment. And so then there is this dramatic polarity that goes on. When things are going well, you're happy. When things aren't going well, you're sad. But when you learn how to self-regulate and create more coherence in your brain and heart, then you're no longer dependent on your outer world controlling your mood. In fact, you begin to realize how you think and feel begins to produce effects in your outer life. Now you start believing more you're the creator of your life and less of the victim of your life. Now that isn't something that you take one bite of and swallow and it's all over. It's a process of repatterning. It's a process of rewiring. It's a process of reconditioning. It's a process of self-reflection and awareness and changing those beliefs. And that's the work. And yet people are doing it. So when you begin to realize then, well, I can't respond to the same conditions in my life with the same emotions and the same thoughts, because if I believe that the way I feel and the way I think creates reality, if I'm reacting to the same thoughts and feelings equal to the conditions in my life in the same way, then I keep reaffirming the same life. So then a person has to retreat from their life, retreat from their environment, disconnect from their outer world, and begin to lay down patterns neurologically in their brain so that their brain is no longer a record of the past. They're priming their brain and beginning to lay down the circuitry for them to think in different ways, to begin to close their eyes and rehearse who they're going to be in that day. And the act of mental rehearsing begins to install the neurological hardware in their brain. What I've learned is those hard days the days that are the most challenging are always the most rewarding. Every single child has a desire inside of them. And what I, what I, what, I, and it irks me so much because people always speak to the needs of people. Oh, you need this or you should this and you should that. And, and, and what I want to say is there is something inside of every child and there's a desire to do something. But it gets lost because you should do this. You should go to school and do this. You should get a good job. You should do this. And all of a sudden, they'll go to whatever has energy. Wherever the energy goes, that's where the energy flows. And, you know, what I, want, what I would really want them to know is to, to, to tell themselves who they are. Like, I am powerful. I am amazing. And these are things that I'm literally working with, with lots of parents now. And they're like, yo, within a week, he wasn't getting bullied no more. She wasn't, she wasn't saying that she's ugly anymore because she stopped listening to the outside noise and she started listening to what she told herself she was. I remember when I finally uh, got into college and I got into a local university because that's what I could qualify for. And I thought I could make a fresh start because that's what I thought freshman meant. And I took all these classes 
and I, and I actually did worse. And at this point, I was like, that's it. I can't, I can't do this anymore. It's been a decade and a half. I work harder than everybody around me, and it's still, it's just not for me. Because in the school system, the presupposition is 10% people get A's, 10% get B's, and then everybody else, the 80%, you know, they are failing, you know, in school, as opposed to maybe the school failing them. Do you know what I mean? And so it's not about how I learned in the, later on, it's not how smart you are or how smart your kids are, it's how are you smart. It's not how smart you are, it's how are you smart. And there are multiple forms of genius, right? Anything that I do, I like to make sure that it's aligned with what I love. And power hour is like your first hour of the day. And, you know, I, I'm a true believer in, in uh, momentum. And so what I do every night before I go to bed, I'll write a list of things. What's on the list is, irrele is irrelevant because your brain responds to progress. Like you go five days and you don't get anything productive done. Your countenance is very different than you go five days and you book disappointed, you get this client, you get this, and all these things are happening. The, your physiology changes, your energy changes, everything. So what I did is I just create a list that and it's something that's connected to health, something that's connected to my mind, something that's connected to my spirit. It doesn't matter what it is, it's anything where this is being activated this is being activated and, and you know my spirit my you know my aura is being activated so i'll write a list it'll be like 30 40 things and it won't even have to be things that are really massive because your brain doesn't know what big and small is we say that it just knows progress and it'll follow the momentum wherever wherever you focus it and i'll put on that list 30 things before I go to bed I look at a picture out of my, uh, look at a picture of my daughter and look at it just get myself in the, in the emotion of love something that just makes me really happy and then I'll look at the list because normally if I look like like lists and percentages and charts and stuff I'll shut down really quick so I've literally got to create the emotion the the, the anchor for what this list means to me energetically. So I'll look at all the stuff that I love, then I'll look at the list. Look at stuff that I love, then I'll look at the list. Look at the stuff that I love, then I'll look at the list. When the list starts taking on the same energy as the stuff that I love, then I go to sleep. When you go to sleep, your mind goes to work. And when I wake up, there's just an energy. 430, 530 in the morning, no alarm clock, just bam, I just pop up. The overflow of who I, what I create, the energy that I create in myself in the morning spills out into people, spills out into, to, to, you know, income opportunities, spills out into the world. Is the first thing that keeps us from doing something is the mindset we, that we don't deserve it or it's not possible, right? The second force that keeps us stuck is the second circle which is your motivation your motive your motive for taking action because you could believe everything is possible and that you deserve it but if you don't have drive now when I say motivation I'm not saying coming to an event like this and being around positive people and getting all excited because how many of you have ever done that and then what happens the next day and you're laughing because that, that's the laughter of recognition. Because, and listen, your neighbor's laughing because we all experience that. And motivation for me is not something where you get really excited and then it wears off like a, like a warm bath, it's really nice. But then after 10, 15 minutes, it gets cold again, right? So I don't believe you need to psych yourself up every single time. I believe there's a formula to, for sustainable motivation. And it's these three things. This is the formula to be motivated. It's reasons times energy times small, simple steps. I bet most of your people who've sat in this chair, it's not about what college they went to. It's about their own initiative, their own drive, their own ambitions, their own curiosity.
I can say from the era in which I grew up, I don't give a rat's ass what you say to me, okay? You can only be ridden if your back is bent. On my tombstone, I want the epitaph. Be ashamed to die until you have scored some victory for humanity. Many people look for meaning in life as though it's going to be under a rock or behind a tree. Well, there's my meaning. You have more power than that. You have the power to create meaning in your life rather than passively look for it. Meaning to me is, do I know more about the world today than I did yesterday? That enhances meaning for me. And if that accumulates and accrues daily, in a month you, you know way more than you did than just that day later, so that you continue to grow. My first question of me wasn't, where do I find meaning? It was, how do I create meaning? And that started early, early teens. You can draw a line in the sand between people who transgress, but do not hold power over you. This is a famous quote from Martin Luther King. You can only be ridden if your back is bent. When I grew up, it was very common to hear the phrase, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I haven't heard that phrase in a long time. I don't hear it recited in the elementary schools. What I think has happened over the years is we came to learn as a civilization that words can be hurtful. That's an advance in, in mental health. What I see on the flip side of that coin, however, is people are less able to deal with the very same people who are around today who were around back then, who are calling you names. I can say from the era in which I grew up, I don't give a rat's ass what you say to me. Unless you are between me and some goal, then I'll have to navigate that some way. If there's a racist person or a sexist person or a person with some kind of cultural bias, I want to know that, actually. I want you to say everything you want to say. Then I'll say, okay, that's who you are. That's how you're thinking. So now what do I need to do because you're in my way? Do I dig under you, go around you, leap over you? Or do I go this way and then come out the other side? Yeah, it's longer, it's more effort, it's more energy, but on some level it's sort of same different day. I can't say you're being racist, you're being, I, that's not, you gotta navigate it. I think high school, that's where you learn how to deal with difficult people. There are people who are nasty, you're gonna to have to navigate them. There are people who you cannot interact with for whatever reason or another. They're gonna be in the cubicle next to you in your workplace. So I think we undervalue the total social pot that people are tossed into in their high school experience. They wanna say, oh, I could have learned more, but I had to deal with all these people. Hey, having to deal with all these people is now in your portfolio. Your motivation for the guests that you have in this couch, they, they had some vision statement, and they have grit. Okay, they got knocked down, they stood back up, they tried another way, they got knocked down again, then they were successful, either measured by wealth or influence or, or just joy in their life's passions. For me, what I do for the public, 80 plus percent of it is driven by duty, not by ambition. That's how I view it, if that were the case. This is how I ended up posting Cosmos in 2014, Anne Druyan, the widow of Carl Sagan, who was hugely talented. She approached me and said, would you consider hosting Cosmos? I said, I don't, there's a dozen people, maybe half dozen others, who would jump at this opportunity. I don't need to do this, I really don't. Then I thought about it and I said, well, I met Carl Sagan when I was 17. I was applying to colleges, he was at Cornell. I had been accepted at Cornell, but didn't know what college I wanted to go to. And the admissions office saw that I wasn't totally in the moment there. They had forwarded my application to him for his reaction. And he sent me a letter. And I get this letter and I open it and it says, I understand you like the same stuff I like. Uh, do you want to come visit the campus to help you decide if you want to go to Cornell? He met me outside his building on a Saturday. He did something really cool. He reached back, grabbed a book off the shelf. It was one of his books. And he signed it to me. Neil Tyson, future astronomer, signed Carl. Later in the day, I'm ready to go back to New York. It begins to snow, as it does often in December in Ithaca. And he says, here's my home number. If the bus can't get through from the snow, spend the night with my family 
and go back tomorrow. I'm thinking, who am I? Why? Why? I'm nobody. But I was somebody to him. And I said to myself, if I'm ever as remotely famous as he is, I will treat students the way he has treated me. If we can fold this memory into this, this next cosmos, then we have a way to justify who and what I am as the next host, because a torch got passed. It wasn't passed in 2014, it was passed in 1975 to Neil Tyson, future astronomer. I still have that book. And what is a, an adult scientist? But a, a kid who's never lost the curiosity. I'll tell you the one thing that will build confidence you need to actually put yourself out there in this school year is letting go of what other people think and living your version of life. Because too many students are living a watered-down version of someone else. They're living a watered-down version of their friends, how their friends want them to be. They're living a watered-down version of what their family pushes them to be or what society suggests them to be as opposed to being their own person. So go all in on you. Whatever that may mean, what excites you, what, what pushes you, because our biggest problem, I believe, is that we compare our behind the scenes to everyone else's highlight reel. We compare our failures to everyone else's highest points of confidence, to everyone else's successes. We compare our insecurities to everyone else's highest points of confidence, then we feel like we're not enough. So go all in on you, whatever that may mean. The one thing that I don't enjoy about my job is that I come to a school and when I was a student in going in to college, I didn't see myself as someone who could really make an impact. I didn't see myself as someone who could really contribute. It was only until I started putting myself out there, sharing my ideas, putting myself in uncomfortable situations that forced me to grow, that I became a beat that contributed to what made my school better because I was a part of it. Realize that you have the ability to make an impact. You have an opportunity to change that story in your head. Put yourself out there because when you do, amazing things happen. This school needs your leadership. They need your influence. They need your impact. It is time to show up. We're all carrying things in our pack. All of us are carrying these stories that are imposed by other people, by friends, by family, by society, by Instagram. And what happens is when we are faced with a challenging situation, we approach it with all of that stuff. Some of you believe the stories that you've made up in your own head. The story of I'm not good enough. The story of I'm not academically inclined. The story of I'm not a morning person. The story of I can't really make new friends. The story of I can't really have an impact on the people around me. And now listen, I want to be abundantly clear. I'm not the guy that's going to come in here and tell you what stories to tell yourself. But I want you to get back to the place where you can start telling yourself better stories. Stories that you are enough, that you are charismatic enough, that you are courageous enough, that you aren't like them and that's okay because you are like you. I believe when we stop believing the stories that we tell ourselves in our own heads and start telling ourselves new stories, stories that are actually aligned with who we are and who we would like to become, that is when we are able to change ourselves and change the people around us. But I want you to raise the question within yourself of defining the snake in your life. That thing that keeps on coming up that it is time to face because here's what I know. Every single person in this room, student and faculty, has something that comes up that tries to get in their way, make them want to quit and turn around and walk away. And what I know to be true is defining that thing for you is the only way to be able to overcome it. We talk a lot about leadership going into a new school. How do you show up as a leader in this school and the community around it? True leadership is leaning into the things you're afraid of. True leadership is consistently choosing courage instead of fear. True leadership is having the courage, the audacity to take on challenges, things that don't make you feel good while inspiring other people to do the same. It takes courage to make a new friend. 
It takes courage to stand up for that person that you see on campuses isn't being done right. It takes courage to wake up a little earlier instead of late, to join that student group, to put yourself out there more than you thought that you could. It takes courage to live a great life. So make the decision today of what courageous act are you going to make for yourself and the people at this school. It starts by taking on the things that you can actually affect, that you can control, and that you can impact because I see way too many students coming into college and university that allow themselves to be defined by what happened yesterday. They allow themselves to be defined by what happened last week. Some of you in this room think because of one failed test that you are a failure, when the reality is those are moments, not characteristics. And my personal belief is that we need to start seeing those moments for what they are, moments. I will conquer what has not been conquered. Defeat will not be in my creed. I will believe what others have doubted. I will always endeavor to uphold prestige, honor, and respect for my team. I have trained my mind and my body will follow. Who am I? I am a champion. I will acknowledge the fact that my opponent, he don't expect me to win, but I will never surrender. Weakness will not be in my heart. Through all the bumps in the road and the stormy weather, the heart of a champion you can never measure. They might have more talent, but they fold under pressure because they were only out for the pleasure, the gold, and the treasure. They crumble to better or even lesser competition. So today, all of the excuses stop. This is where your heart of a champion starts. A worker, a believer, someone that understands that they got to do more than less. Someone that knows what it means to push. Who am I? I am a champion. To my side, I have comrades. Comrades that have been with me through thick and thin, through sacrifice, through blood, through sweat, through tears. Never will I let them fall. Never will I let them down. And I will never leave an enemy behind because our opponent does not know my heart. Who am I? I am a champion. There will become a time when you have to realize that you got to put in the work and you got to understand that if you're going to do it, you better do it with the right attitude. Because attitude is what's going to take to get you to the level that you need to be and beyond it. A champion has to be disciplined. A champion has to be hungry. No one will deny me. No one will define me. And no one will tell me who and what I am and can be. Belief will change my world. It has moved continents. It has moved countries. It has put man on the moon. And it will carry me through this battle. Who am I? I am a champion. Defeat, retreat, those are not in my words. I don't understand these definitions. I don't understand when things go wrong. I don't understand mistakes, but I do understand this. I understand victory, and I understand never surrendering. Because no matter how bad things go, my heart and my mind will carry my body when my limbs are too weak. You got to understand within you is greatness. Who am I? I am a champion. Who am I? I am a champion. Who am I? I am a champion. Today will be that day.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.